Good morning, everyone. And I would like to welcome us to the service this morning. And especially, I just want to appreciate some of us uh, that's been joining us from different parts of the world. Uh, normally, I would just welcome those who are listening and watching uh, from North America, from Africa. But specifically, I just want to welcome you and I appreciate those of us who have been joining and been part of a, you know, online congregation uh, from different parts of the world. And especially, of course, from outside the city of Melbourne, uh, which is uh, from different cities in Australia, and also from Papua New Guinea. Uh, Papua New Guinea, just want to welcome you this morning. I've been there a number of times uh, to be with my friend and uh, uh, Pastor Soklin Tamanabe. We honor his memory. We went to be with the Lord uh, last year. And also from Nigeria, and from Kenya, from Malaysia, from United States of America, from Canada, from India, from Botswana, from Qatar. Uh, just mention, if I didn't mention your nation, just want to know that you are highly appreciated. We do not take these things for granted. Taking time out of no time, taking time out of your time to listen to what God is saying through this ministry and saying through us. And I believe that everything that God has ordained for you and God is speaking through us will be made manifest in your lives in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's never a time wasted when you spend time with God. It's a time invested. And I want to encourage you, invite your friends, invite neighbors, invite your family to join in this revolution that God is starting. Uh, the true church will emerge very soon. In fact, the true church is emerging. Uh, there's so much noise in the city, but the voice of God will start to come out with clarity from the temple and I believe that there's something that God is saying to us and saying through us in this season that is so essential in what God is about to do in in God's uh, in his scheme of things in the plan of God in the days to come amen praise God hallelujah let us pray heavenly father we want to thank you for this moment Thank you for this Kairos moment. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you are ready to download to your people at this moment. Thank you, Father, for the things you've been speaking to us. We do not take these things for granted. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus, let there be illumination of our imagination. Let there be revelation that will bring a revolution. Let there be inspiration that will cause a transformation. Oh Lord, my God, beginning from today in a way, in a measure that we have never experienced before. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray that let eyes be open to see. Let there be sight beyond sight, called insight. In the name of Jesus Christ, that no one will remain the same. That this world will not be limited, hindered by any outside force. In Jesus' name, let your world travel swiftly 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Accomplishing that which you have ordained it to accomplish in this season in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you worship. We give you adoration in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. The first assignment I have this morning is to declare to us God's prophetic word. I'm putting on this garment deliberately, not just because of an outfit I just plan to wear this morning. Putting on deliberately because of the thing that God wants to speak to us and declare to us in this season. I was praying this morning and he laid this on my heart. And in fact, from yesterday night, so they're speaking to me about this particular outfit. And it's talking about the abundance. The abundance is not meant for a few in the kingdom. Abundance is meant for all. That the time of flourishing has come. The time not just for us to, not just to increase and manage and just, but the time of flourishing and abundance has come. That is why I want to ask you to stand up wherever you are and lift your two hands up to God at this moment. In the name of Jesus, the last time I wore this, uh, this particular outfit, we were stepping into something new as a family. We were stepping into something new in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm wearing it this morning again to declare to you and to proclaim over your life that in the name of Jesus Christ, the time has come for you to enter into newness in God. The law will arise. It will have mercy upon you. The time to favor you. The set time has come. Your time of flourishing has come. Your time of abounding has come. No force will limit you. No force will hinder you. You cannot be limited. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will flourish. You will increase. You will abound in God. In Jesus' name. Now declare this after me i will decree a thing and it will be established unto me and light will shine upon my ways death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof as i start to declare these words over my life and proclaim these words in my life it will become my experience from this moment onwards i see myself the way god sees me i am the righteousness of god in christ jesus i am walking in the favor of god in supernatural favor in the name of jesus christ no force can stop me nothing can limit me i will fulfill my purpose in god in jesus name i'm surrounded with favor like a shield therefore therefore doors that have been closed they are now open for me in Jesus' name, in the 
name of Jesus Christ. Policies are being changed for me. Laws are being changed for me. Rules are being changed to favor me. In the name of Jesus. No force. No force. Can stop the plan of God. From being fulfilled. In my life. I'm therefore abounding in God. I'm increasing in God. I'm flourishing in God. My time of flourishing has come. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. In greater measure. The spirit of wisdom. And understanding. The spirit of counsel. And might. The spirit of knowledge. And of the, uh, the spirit of knowledge. And of the fear of the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. And it's making me of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. I will no longer judge by the sight of my eyes. But I will be led by the Holy Spirit every day in every area in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for transfer of ownership. Thank you for what you are doing with us. Thank you. In Jesus name. Amen. So be it. So be it. From this moment onwards. Amen. God bless you. You can take your seat now. Amen. This morning, I will continue again in what we've been looking at and um, right now I think we should be on part 8 on fulfilling the kingdom mandate but this morning we'll be looking at the language of the kingdom the language of the kingdom and before then I want to take us back to some key scriptures that we've looked at that we've studied in time past I want to reiterate this to you I want to again mention this to us please do not take for granted. Don't take lightly the words you've been hearing. Uh, don't take it lightly. Don't take it for granted. Uh, the word has been given to us many times as a prophetic word. And you know the prophetic word is like a guided missile. Looking for the believing heart to walk in the believer's life. Don't take that for granted. The word you're forgotten cannot bring benefit to you. The word you despise cannot confer lifting upon you. So don't take them lightly. Don't forget them. Go back and listen to this word again and again and again and again. Become one with the word. Let the word become your reality, not your circumstance or your situation. Embrace the word. Run with the word. Let the word become yours. Let the word become one in you and you become one with the word. And I'm telling you that all these words that have been declared beyond and above will become your experience in Jesus' name. The first scripture I want to take us to, Psalm 115, verse number 16. I remember when I started looking at this, the fulfilling the kingdom mandate. The first scripture I shared with you from this particular verse, Psalm 115, verse number 16. The heaven 
even the heavens be, even the heavens are the Lord or belongs to God. But the earth he has given to the sons of men or children of men. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's. God lives in heaven. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. But the earth he has given to children of men. Amen. The heavens belong to him, but he has given the earth to us, sons of men. He has given it to us to dominate. He has given it to us to become an expression of the counsel of heaven, even as we represent him here on earth. The heavens belongs to God, but the earth belongs to sons of men. That's why I've said to you many times, stop saying what is God doing about the problems on earth. God is not doing anything about it because he's done everything about it. He gave them to you. He gave your domain to you. He gave you the place where you are. What are you doing about it? That should be the right question. What are you doing about it? Not what is God doing about it? Because he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Second scripture. Psalm 103 verse number 19. Psalm 103 verse number 19. There's a level of flourishing that will come upon those who will believe wrong with this word. That will shock even you. In the name of Jesus Christ. He said, as you see this garment flowing, so you start to flow and abound and increase and flourish. In the name of Jesus, doors that have been closed to you. You get there, those doors will start to open for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hmm. He said, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom what? rules over all. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Remember, I spoke to us about the kingdom. What exactly is the kingdom? The word kingdom of God is the dominion of God. And what is dominion? Dominion means what? Rulership. It means what? Authority. It means what? Ownership. It means what? It means what? It means rulership, ownership, authority. And I'll take us again to Genesis chapter 1 from verse number 26. These are scriptures that we have looked at before. I'm just reminding us. They are core scriptures of this message. They are key scriptures that you must become one with. It must be so real when they wake you up. You can, just, you can recite them. You can share them. Then God said, Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Amen. The word image there is the essence, the character, and the very essence of God. Amen. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. I'll repeat. Let them have. Not let us have. Let this man that God has created. Let them have dominion. Let them have rulership. Let them have authority. Let them have ownership. Let them have stewardship. Let them have this over the fish of the sea. Over the beds of the air over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the face of the earth. 
in essence, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over creation. Over creation. So God gave dominion to man over his creation. Not dominion to man over the woman, but dominion to man over his creation. That is why man should not be dominating the woman. Or in some cases, the woman dominating the man. Hello, God gave dominion to man over his creation. Let them have. Let them have. Let them have. What have you been doing with your own dominion? What have you been doing with your own dominion? What have we been doing in our own dominion? Look at the state of the cities of the nations of the world. Look at the situation that is happening. Look at it. Look at the level of fear that came even into our world and especially into the church with this COVID-19. What's the difference between the level of fear in the world and the level of fear in the church? Almost the same thing. Almost the same thing. Where is our dominion? God is bringing us back. God started the church the way he wanted it. Now he wants his church the way he started it. Oh, let them have. Let them have dominion. Finally, I'll take you to the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse number 14. Book of Matthew 24, verse number 14. It reads, and I quote, and this gospel of the kingdom, hallelujah, amen, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Can you show the reason why the end has not come? Because the gospel of the kingdom is not being preached enough. The gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom, the word kingdom is, I know we talk about the king in his domain, and absolutely right. But beyond that, it's talking about the dominion of God. Bringing the mind of the father. Bringing the will of God upon the face of the earth. Amen. Heaven is our destination. Praise God. And we look forward to being in heaven with him. But we have an assignment right now. And the assignment is to bring heaven down to earth. If you don't do the assignment, we will not be ready for destination yet. Because the assignment, if it was just about to get to heaven, the moment you are born again, it will just take you and take you to heaven. But he left you here to occupy till he is returned. He said, occupy till I come. That is the assignment that God has given to us. So that we can do something about the mess that is taking place here now. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. This morning we'll be looking at the language of the kingdom. What does the word language mean? The language of the kingdom. And why are we looking at it? What is the essence of that in executing or fulfilling the kingdom mandate? What is the word language? What's the meaning of the word language? The word language is the word lingua. Lingua. Or as it is popularly, sometimes you see it, lingua franca, meaning the dominant language. Lingua is where the word language is. And you find that in the world, there are over 7,000 languages spoken. 
Over 7,000 languages. Somebody said, do we have 7,000 nations? No, we don't have that. We only have about 150, thereabout number of nations. But in many nations, different tongues and different languages have been spoken there. Take, for example, a nation like PNG or Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea has a population of over 7,000. But over there, they speak over 839 languages which means that less than a thousand people are actually speaking a particular language. 839 uh, languages in just a population of over 7 million. Language is an expression of people's culture and thought, pattern of thoughts. So when you're talking about language, you're talking about expression of people's what? The culture of those people and their thinking pattern. The culture and their thinking pattern. That is why people from different nations have different intonations. Have you noticed that? That they have different intonations. The way Americans speak is different from the way the British. And a lot of times contained in their manner of speech is also their culture. Many, many years ago, I was traveling on, in the tube in the UK. And I was just sitting where I was, in my own corner. And there were these, these two couples, and they were quite excited. They were talking, they were excited. And I looked at them. Because I've traveled on the tube many times, I said, these people don't, don't, they don't look like Britons. They don't look like those who live in London. Because really, you find couples, they're excited, they're talking, and, and they looked at me, and they say hello, and I say hello to them. And I say, oh, where are you from? So oh, we're Tories from the state of Virginia in the US. I said, yes, I can. <laughs> Praise God. You know, Americans are naturally exuberant. They, 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 they come in and they try to dominate the party. Well, I won't go more further than that. Yeah, but, but that's the culture. It's different from the British. And of course, the intonations are also different. Have you noticed that depending on where you were born, it reflects your accents. The way you speak, someone will say you have an accent. No, you also have one too. Because depending on where you come from, depending on where you were born, you what, you, we all have different words accents. If you're born in Africa, if you're born in Nigeria, if you're born in Ghana, they have different manners of speaking. Have you noticed that some people are combating, but why? Because of where they were born and where what? Depending on where you are, <laughs> your place of birth. Amen. Languages reflect culture and they reflect what? Their manner of thinking or your thinking pattern. So when we're talking about the language of the kingdom of God, we're also talking about the culture of the kingdom. And we're talking about what the thinking pattern that should be obtainable in the kingdom. I was praying this morning, and the Lord said to me, he said, imagine someone coming from South Africa to a place like Australia, trained in South Africa, grew up in South Africa, and speaks perfectly the Zulu language. You know, Zulu is not the only language spoken in South Africa. They have actually 11 national languages. But Zulu is spoken in a, in the, in a place called KwaZulu-Natal. That is Durban and Peter Marisburg, all those areas. And the person gets to a place like Australia. Remember, he was born in South Africa in, in KwaZulu-Natal in Durban. 
And then he got here and could only speak Zulu. And then with the certificate written in Zulu, and then he got here and he, he, he applied maybe to, to attend an interview to get a job, he could only speak Zulu. Or anywhere, you know, he, he would travel to, uh, it would just be Unjani. Uh, uh, Unjani. And we're expecting people to respond back to him or her in Zulu. There'll be a lot of confusion. And I doubt it whether it will make a lot of headway. Imagine somebody from, uh, from, from East Africa where they speak Swahili. And then getting here, all they could speak is uh, Swabona. Of all they could speak is, uh, uh, you know, and he's expecting, oh yes, uh, somebody says hello, they say Asantesana, you know, and you're seen, saying all of that. People will be wondering where you're coming from. And if you, you, you get to a particular train station, they say, what do you want? And you speak Swahili, blah, 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 blah. You say and everything. There'll be a lot of problems there. you find a lot of challenges. And the Lord said, that is the challenge that my people has been facing. They've been speaking the language of the world instead of the language of the kingdom. And as long as you continue to speak the language of the world as a kingdom citizen, you will not be able to change the circumstances in your world. You will not be able to influence your world. Remember, language reflects culture and what? Thinking pattern. There's a thinking pattern in the kingdom. There's a thinking pattern that kingdom citizens need to exhibit. There's a culture of the kingdom. And uh, we've been working in that. That is the reason why we have a challenge influencing our world and changing our world, but no more. In the name of Jesus. Because one person, the Bible says, it shall come to pass in that day when the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be exalted above every other mountain and the nations will flow into it. You will get it. We will get it. And we'll start to speak the language of God's kingdom to influence and start to change the circumstances in our lives. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to go with us. I want to share with us and take you on the journey this morning by looking at seven key characteristics of the language of the kingdom. Seven key characteristics of the language of the kingdom. And in that same mode, I'll be sharing with us the use or the purpose of the war of words in the beginning. The purpose of words in the beginning. Seven major characteristics or key characteristics of the language of the kingdom. It will help you to appreciate, have you been speaking the language of the kingdom? Or you've been speaking the language of the world? What language is spoken in the kingdom? What language is spoken in heaven? Because the language of heaven or the language spoken in heaven is the language of the kingdom. Because the kingdom is about the domain of God, the dominion of God, the king in his domain. So the first key characteristic of the language of the kingdom is this. And I'll start with a question. What is the language of the kingdom? Or what language is spoken in heaven? Is it French? Or English? Or as I mentioned earlier, Zulu or Swahili or the Yoruba language 
or Tagalo? What is the language of the kingdom? Don't forget this. Language reflects culture. It's an expression of culture. And of course, what thought pattern or thinking pattern. What exactly is the language of heaven? Because as kingdom citizens, we must be speaking kingdom language. As kingdom citizens, to be effective in the kingdom, to ensure we experience the kingdom, to ensure that we are partakers of the blessings of the kingdom. You can't be speaking Spanish or speaking a different language as a kingdom citizen or speaking only Spanish and expect to enjoy and be partakers of the authority, the power, the blessings of the kingdom. So I'm here this morning to make it clear to us the language of the king of the language of heaven. If we were to be in church, I would have asked some of us to answer the question. Maybe I should even do that. What is the language of the kingdom of God? What is the language of heaven? Anybody wants to answer? Well, okay, I will answer it myself. Amen. The language of the kingdom is the word of God is the word of God meaning God expects you regarding every situation regarding every circumstance to be speaking the word of God what exactly is the word saying about it what exactly is the word saying about that situation about that circumstance stop speaking your circumstance stop speaking the language of the world if you're speaking the way any other person who has not met with jehovah who does not know god if you speak the same way if you re react the same way if you say what they are saying then where is the difference between you and them What's the difference? The language is the word. The Bible says, in the beginning was what? There was the word. And the word was with God. John chapter 1, verse number 1. I want to show you. And make this very plain to us. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And it was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him. And without him was nothing made that was made. Amen. Verse number four. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And light shines in darkness. And darkness did not comprehend it. From the very beginning of creation. When creation, the issue of creation started. When God started creation, the word was there. In fact, it was created with the word, or by the word, or through the word. It was the word. In the beginning was the word. Verse number 11. And the word, word, the word, it came unto his own. Who came unto his own? The word. In fact, if I would take you there, let's go back. Let's go back to in the, the verse 1. Say, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word, then verse, look at verse number 2. He was there. So this is talking about a person. He was there in the beginning with God. The word is not a non-living thing. 
The word is alive. The word is a person. He was in the beginning with God. Verse number three. And all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. So the word is in him was life. And that life was the light of man. In him, in him, in him. So the word is alive. The word, in fact, is a person. I will show you. Verse number 11. And he came to his own, the word. And his own did not receive him. Look at the words that were declared this morning. Have you received the word? Yes. Have you received the word? Remember the prophetic word is a guided missile. How do you know whether you have received the word? Are you, will you be saying the same thing tomorrow? We be saying the same thing on Tuesday. If you, oh yes, maybe circumstance, some circumstances have changed. Maybe somebody didn't greet you well or somebody didn't smile. Will you continue to say the same thing? We say the same thing? If you truly believe it, you keep on declaring it. Amen. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. Amen. Why? They did not believe him. Then they were not running with the word. Then, yes, let's continue. His own did not receive him, but as many as received him, the word, to them he gave the right. The word right there is the word authority. The way to them he gave the right or the authority to become children of God. The word you receive is the word you will become. Hello. He gave the authority to become what the word they have received. Whenever you receive a word, it will eventually become your experience to those who believe in his name. Verse 14. What does verse 14 say? And the word became what? Flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth the word john 17 verse 17 john 17 verse 17 what does it say it says sanctify them by thy truth for what for thy word is truth sanctify them by your truth your word is truth so the word of god is what is true the word of god is what the truth john 14 verse number 6 john 14 Verse number six spoke them to this was to them earlier on. John 14, verse number six. It says, And Jesus said to them, I am what the way, I am what the truth, I am what the lie. So, truth are not just a set of facts, truth is a person. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, I am the truth. And at the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. The truth is a person, and that person is Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1, from verse number 1. Hebrews 1, from verse number 1. What does it say? It says that God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets thank god oh yes but verse, look at verse number two verse number two as in this world these last days in time past he spoke by the prophets in time past he spoke all by the prophet but now is speaking to us by his son whom he has appointed 
care of all things, through whom also he made the world. God spoke through the prophet, but now, when you are reading the prophetic writings, when you are reading Isaiah, when you are reading Jeremiah, when you are reading Ezekiel, you must be reading those words from the lenses of the song. Lenses of the song speaking to you. That what is the song speaking here? Because they all find fulfillment in the song. And the song is Jesus. Amen. And the word is Jesus. So the language of the kingdom is the word. The language, you don't have the luxury of speaking anyhow. You don't have the luxury of just declaring anything or speaking anyhow or just saying anything. You don't have that luxury if you want to operate in the kingdom. If you want to fulfill the kingdom mandate. If you want to experience kingdom authority. If you want to be a partaker of kingdom blessings. You don't have the luxury of just shooting your mouth. You must be speaking the word of God. Amen. Number two. Major characteristics of the language of heaven. In the kingdom, words are not just meant to communicate. Words are being given to what? Create. In the kingdom, words are not meant to communicate. Oh, the word operates at the level of information. So their words are only used to communicate or to inform. In the kingdom, our words must not just be at the level of information. It must be at the level of revelation. So that we can create or recreate our circumstances. Anything you don't like in your life. Anything you think, I should not be experiencing this. Anything you think, why, should I, why am I experiencing this? Why am I going through this? One of the key areas you need to watch are the words you've been spoken. You've been what? That have been spoken about the situation. The words you have been declaring. The words you have been speaking. Watching. What word did God speak? What words have been spoken about it? You need to start to speak the same words so that you can recreate them. And listen very well. Listen very well. In that situation, you can't change it. As long as you are, you are just speaking your own words. You argue with yourselves. He is saying something. You are saying something else. You are not in agreement. And you desire the change. The Lord is saying as long as you keep on arguing. And arguing. And arguing. You can't change it. Because I don't flourish where there is strife. I walk in a place where there's agreement. If you need a change, if you want to see the change that you say you desire to see, then you must learn to be in agreement together. And the two of you be in agreement with my word. Not him saying something and you saying something else. And you are fighting each other continually about this situation. And you expect me to change it. I can't because your words which you have been declaring have stopped me from walking in this situation. That's a word for a couple. You are listening to me now. I can see you looking at yourselves. I know who the Lord is speaking to because 
He spoke to me and gave me your names. But I can speak it over live broadcasts. But now, I need to also say this. What he says to one, he says to all. So if you've been arguing too, it's a time to make a change. Because he will not walk where there's strife. Your words have been pushing him away. Words in the kingdom are meant to create. Words in the kingdom are meant to just recreate or change the circumstance. Not just to communicate. If you are kingdom citizens, you need to note that. That your words have been given. to. But how about in the world? Everybody, they use words to inform. That started when man fell. I don't understand this Genesis chapter 1. Let me take you to the very beginning and you will see it. Genesis chapter 1. From verse number 1, it reads, and I quote, Genesis chapter 1 from verse number 1. In the beginning, in the beginning, the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse number 2. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 3, then God said, remember, the Spirit of God hovered or brooded. And then God spoke, let there be light. And there was light. Did you notice that God did not lament the darkness? How do we speak today in this same scenario? How will a man, how will men have spoken? It will have been, oh, the darkness is so bad. Look at aid. Look at that. Oh, this problem is too much. Oh, look at this. Look at that. And with those words, you perpetuate the problems. But look at the way God acted. Then God said he spoke to change the darkness. He spoke to transform the situation. He spoke to effect a change. So your words in the kingdom are meant to effect changes. They are meant to not just communicate but create. Start to recreate your circumstances. Start to recreate the situation you find yourself using his word in your mouth. Maybe I need to take you further to Hebrews because by the mouth of two, every word shall be established. Then Hebrews chapter number 11 from verse number 1. Hebrews 11 from verse number 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what not seen. Verse number two, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony or a good report. If you are reading the KJV, verse three, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. God used his word to frame the world. You can use God's word in your mouth to frame your world. You can change your circumstance. You can change your situation. Those situations do not have to continue to exist in your life. But change your world. To change your world. 
God spoke. He reframed the world using his wall so that the things which are now seen were made of things which were not what visible. Amen. Praise God. In the kingdom, words are not just meant to communicate. They are meant to what? To create. They are not just meant what? To just inform. They are meant to be spoken from revelation, from heaven, what God is saying about the matter. Number four. Or number three. Thank you. Words are thought capsule. Words are thought capsule, meaning that words contain thoughts. So, encapsulated in words are thoughts. So, in the kingdom, your words are meant to carry God's thoughts. So that you can release God's power and authority. Somebody say, wait a minute, let me give you a piece of my mind. That's the problem. You have been giving people a piece of your mind instead of giving them a piece of God's mind. Hello, somebody. You have been giving people a piece of your mind instead of giving them a piece of God's mind. What's the difference? The difference is you speaking what God has said about it and not what you feel. People have asked me many times, say, Pastor, what is your opinion about this? What's your opinion about that? And I've always answered them. I don't have any personal opinion about those things. I like to find out what is God's opinion about them and then speak or declare God's mind about them. Amen. The moment I gave my heart to him, I lost the right to be speaking my own opinion about anything. Because I think in scriptures, somebody said, no, I have my mind. I've made up my mind. That's what I want to do. Then it's okay. But at the same time, know that you forfeited your right to experience the authority, the power, and the blessings of God regarding the situation. Because he will not confirm your word, he will confirm his word. Let me take you to an example in scriptures. As I'll take you to quickly to Genesis 17. We need to move fast because of time. Genesis 17 from verse number 1. This is the case of Abraham, or at this time, Abraham. He was 99 years old. He was already old. God had given him a promise, but he seems to be so far away from the promise than when he started. But at this time, something changed with, oh, 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 something changed with Abraham. Something happened to Abraham that turned around the circumstance and the situation. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be what? And be blameless. One translation says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, obey me and live as you should. Obey me and live as you should. Are you obeying him? There's a way to live in the kingdom. Verse number two. And I will make my covenant between me and you, and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. You shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham. Abraham means exalted father. But the purpose of God for Abraham 
was to be the father of many nations. But your name shall be called, shall be Abraham, for I've made you a father of many nations. We have said this, that God changed the name of Abraham. And there's no doubt about it, God did. But to be more specific and to be more accurate, God changed what Abraham was saying about himself. Say, stop calling yourself just an exalted father. Start to call yourself the father of many nations. And I can imagine when Abraham started doing that, many would have laughed at him in the village. So where is just one child? Why can't you just give us one? You're talking about father of many nations. But I'm telling you, oh, when man would start to align with the purpose of heaven, nothing can stop the destiny of that person from being what? From being realized. Because there's no force on earth that can stop the invasion of heaven into a matter. Why is heaven not invading? Because we are not alone aligning with the purpose and the mind of God. The moment Abraham changed, go and study your Bible. How old was Abraham when he was called by God? He was 75. At this time, he was 99. He's been working with God for 24 years. But when Abraham changed what he was saying about himself, in one year, the child of promise appeared. There's a way to shorten. We don't have to go through process for many years and many years. We go through process, there's no doubt about it, but years and years and years. Check what you have been saying about it, especially when pastor is not there. Hello? Especially when pastor is not there. Especially when you think it's just only you and your wife in the bedroom. When it's only you and nobody is there. What are you saying about it? What are you saying about it? Thank God that Abraham agreed with heaven. Abraham agreed with God and started calling himself Abraham. Even though no child has yet what? The promised child has not showed up. The Ishmael came, but he was sent away, but he kept on. Abraham. No wonder today, but we're singing, Father Abraham. Our many sons, many sons. Amen. As he fulfilled divine purpose now, as he experienced it, he changed what he was saying. He started saying the words, conveying the thoughts of God about the matter, and nothing, no force on earth including his dead body and the deadness of Sarah's womb to stop the manifestation of what God has ordained concerning him. Number four, or number five, four, number four. The earth is a problem-solving universe. The world is a problem-solving universe, but heaven is not. Hello? The world is a problem-solving universe, but heaven is not. You know, the problem is that we've grown up with so much negativity around us. So much, and experiences of many have been negative with people, with family members, and so we see everything from the lenses of negativity. We see everything. We speak negative. Somebody said, I'm a natural pessimist. So that I will not be disappointed. No, no, no. If you change your pessimism, you stop being disappointed. The world around us is so negative, and we're plugged into it. We came into the kingdom to unplug from the world and to plug into Zion. So that we start to speak the language of the kingdom to experience the power, the authority, and the blessings of the kingdom. 
The earth is a problem-solving universe, but heaven is not. In heaven, there are no problems. I'll repeat, in heaven, there are no what? The only problem. There are only what? Possibilities. So the words of the kingdom are meant to transform the problems of the earth through the promises contained in God's word. Let me take you to Genesis chapter 1 again. Genesis chapter 1. Are they, are they talking about COVID in heaven now? Of course not. Those things don't exist there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let's go back. I'll take you step by step. In the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth. Verse number two. And the earth, not the heavens. The earth was without form and was void and there was darkness on the face of the deep. Where did they or where were they experiencing the formlessness, the emptiness or the darkness, heavens or the earth? The earth. The heavens belongs to God. But the earth he has given to the sons of men. The world of the earth is a problem-solving universe with little with problems and inherent negativity. If you're a citizen of the kingdom, stop plugging into the negativity. Stop plugging into seeing things from that, oh, oh, looking at things are only seeing the problem. Start to think in possibilities. I was at the, uh, the, the apostolic training school this morning with the students there. And one of them was sharing the way, uh, you know, she, would, she, she started looking at things. The way she would look at things, her mindset about things, I was just excited hearing, listening to her. Because that's the mindset of heaven. And that's, and that's so important that every kingdom citizen works in that. And not just occasionally, because many times we do that occasionally, we need to start to do that consistently. That you see situations, what, with possibility thinking. Change your eyelids. Go and see. But this time around, go and see. It's called heaven specsavers. Whereby they will change the lenses of the glasses you are, you are wearing. So that you don't see the problem. You see possibility. Do you know any time there's a problem that has been allowed to come your way is because your time of lifting has come. Amen. Look at the problem that Joseph had. If Joseph had remained with the father, would he ever have become the prime minister? Apparently, when things seems to have gone from bad to war was when he was getting closer and closer to fulfilling what? God's purpose for his life. Whenever you find a mountain, because nobody can walk through mountains, you either what? Climb over it, or if you're able to, you have to be lifted over it. God will allow the mountains because time of lifting has come. So that you don't remain at the same level, but it's now time to climb over it. I don't look at problems and I'm carrying problems about. I'm looking at what God wants to do with it. What is the possibility here? What is the promise? What is the provision that God has given so that we can what? We can get over this particular situation. What is the what is the what, what is the possibility? What is God saying about him? Because time of promotion has come. God will allow problems to come because promotion time has come. So if you see it 
as well. That, oh, oh, this, this problem just facing. And if you keep on looking at the problem, keep on looking at the problem, keep on, you keep on getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That is why the Bible enjoins us that looking unto Jesus. Stop looking at the mountain. Stop looking at the problem. We we'll start to look unto Jesus. Because it's the one that will lift you over the mountain or over the problem. That is the way to think. In the kingdom, we think possibilities, not problems. And why is this so important? Because the moment you start to see possibilities, eventually you start to speak possibilities, and eventually that will become your experience. In the kingdom, nobody talks about problems in heaven. It's not the language of the kingdom. Therefore, that is why this number five point is so important. The major assignment that you and I have in the kingdom is the renewal of our minds. Is the renewal of our mind. Don't forget, words are taught capsule. So, if you don't change your thoughts, then it's very unlikely that you change your words. And if you don't change your words, you are unlikely to change your world. I'll repeat. The major assignment we have in the kingdom as kingdom citizens is renewal of our minds. So that we can change our thought patterns. The thought pattern of many are meant to defeat you. The thought pattern of many are meant to keep you grounded, not making progress. Because the moment something shows up, the moment something is not working the way you think, you start to just unleash negativity about it. You start to speak wrong things about it. And you're wondering why there's so much problems. That's the reason why. Many times our problems are just between our two ears. What we are saying and based on what we are thinking. I don't understand this. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, from verse number 1. Say, so I beseech you, brethren, or I beg you. The word beseech is, I beg you. I'm appealing to you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, or as a spiritual sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transform your mind to transform your life. Transform your mind to transform your life. Do not be conformed to this world. Why? Because in this world there's so much negativity. In this world there's a problem-solving universe. In this world there's so much problems. In this world there's so much limitation. So don't be conformed to it, but be you transformed by what renewing your mind, so that you may prove what is that word good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Many years ago, I was studying the scriptures, and the Lord said to me, Take the first letter of those three words, good, acceptable, and perfect. And I said, Good, the first letter there is what? G, thank you. Acceptable, the first letter there is what? 
A and perfect. The first letter there is what? P. If you put G, A, and P together, what will you have? Gap. That means that when you are not being transformed by the renewing of your mind, there will always be a gap between what God wants to do in your life and what your experiences are. And the further away from his thoughts and his words, the bigger will be the gap. So if you want to experience God's promises, then there's a need for renewing of your mind so that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is a major assignment for the believer, the renewal of the mind, so that we can change our thought patterns. Change your thoughts, and then you will change your word, your words. Change your words, and you will change your world. Hello, I'll repeat. Change your thoughts, and you will change your word, your words. Change your words, and you change your world, your world. Let me take you again to that scripture, and I'll read from the New Living Translation. Very good there. New Living Translation. And so, dear brothers and sisters, so this is the word written to brothers and sisters. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, verse 1, to give your bodies to, to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse number two, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Talk, talk to your neighbor and say, don't copy. Or turn to your neighbor and say, stop copying the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Not occasionally, not from time to time, but consistently. Don't copy the behavior. Look at that very clear. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Let God transform you. We don't need thousands and thousands of people to change the city of Melbourne. We don't need thousands to change the state of Victoria. All we need are transformed people who think possibilities, who think in a new pattern, Oh, who think in a new way so that they can experience that newness in their lives. I remember many years ago when I gave my heart to Jesus. Oh, something started happening to me. I fell in love with the word of God. That word became my priority. So I spending time in the world and I realized that my thought pattern started changing. Oh, I remember I got to fellowship one day and they were singing a song. That song has become so dear to my heart since then. I found a new way of living. I found a new life in Christ. 
I have the fruit of the Spirit. I'm abounding in abiding in the vine. Ho, ho, ho. Abiding in the vine. Abiding in the vine. Love, joy, help, peace. He has made of mine. I have prosperity, power, and victory. Abiding in abiding in the vine. God did something just now. I've never sung it like that before. I mentioned that it was like, yes, I added that. You know, I have a new way of living. I have have a new life in Christ. I have the fruit of the Spirit. I'm abiding. I was thinking of my life. I said, no, I'm abounding and abiding in. I'm abounding and abiding in what? In the vine. Abounding in the vine. Abiding in the vine. Love, joy, help is he has made of mine. I have prosperity, power, and victory. Abiding in, abiding in the vine. Abounding in the vine. Abiding in the vine. Love, joy, help is he has made of mine. I have prosperity, power, and victory. Abiding and abounding in the vine. Amen. I'm abounding in the vine. No force can stop me. No, no force can limit me. No outside force can stop what God wants to do with me. In the name of Jesus Christ. And if you believe it, that is also your test. That will be your testimonies too. In Jesus' name. That's why I won't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But I'll let the word of God transform your mind. I think in scriptures. I don't think the way many people think. I think in scriptures. And that is the why I see and experience his presence and power more and more in my life. So then you will know what God wants to do, what God wants you to do, and you will know how good. Did you see that? When you allow God to transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, then you will know what God wants you to do. And you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. Finally, let me read it also from the, new, from the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation, just verse 2 now. It says, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. Stop imitating the world, the ideals, and the opinions of the culture around you. Remember, language is an expression of culture and thoughts. Or thought pattern. Say, so stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but, in, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Or can I put it this way? Through a total renovation of how you think. And it's not easy, especially if you've been thinking a particular way all your life. Many of us came into the kingdom at age 20-something, 30-something, 40-something. And it's difficult after you have been thinking in a particular way for 40 years and you think you just hear a particular message and then that's it, it's gone. No, 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 no. Oh, no, let something happen. You find yourself reverting back to what is called what? To your default. Find yourself reverting back to default. The way you have been, that's why it must be consistent. You must be meditating it to totally uproot it. Renovate your mind. Transform it. 
Because you can't. After 40 years or 50 years of thinking in a particular way, you just now say, I'm born again now, everything is gone. No, 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 no. You are a born again, brand new spirit, a child of God, but something needs to be done to your soul. Changing the way you think. Number six. Number six. I was looking at this message and I sat down and he said to me, seven key things about the language of heaven. Seven key things. And I was just writing one after the other, one after the other, one after the other. And yesterday, he stopped at number five. Then this morning, he gave, he completed it. He said, this is now number six and number seven. So I'm giving this to you, which he gave to me this morning. Remember, I'm just speaking what he has given. Number six. Say in the kingdom, words are used on purpose to affect the will of God. Words are used on purpose. Words are used. Go and study the life and the ministry of Jesus. You will never see him babbling. You will never see him shooting. Words are used on purpose. Look at how many times he spoke on purpose to situation. He told them. Let us cross over to the other side. The moment he spoke the word, he was not, not watching to see whether they, he went, and the Bible says he went into the inner part of the sheep and he fell asleep. He was so confident that no force can change the words that have been spoken because they were not his word, they were the words of his father. They were not his opinion. They were the opinion of heaven. He was speaking the language of heaven regarding that situation. But the storms came. And the disciples, the Bible says that they, be, they became afraid. They started, oh, don't you care that we perish? Don't you care that we perish? They have forgotten the word. Do that look familiar? Before you start to condemn them, how many times have you forgotten the word that God has given to you too? And he rose up from the sheep. And the Bible says, he didn't, he didn't say, oh, what is this storm? What are we going to do, Peter? Hey, why are you being... He didn't allow all of that to bother him. He spoke again on purpose. Peace be still. He rebuked the wind. He went to the foundation of what was producing the storm. He rebuked it. And the Bible said there was great calm. He spoke on purpose. Learn to speak on purpose. Don't just be shooting your mouth at the slightest provocation. Don't just be somebody. Brrr, brrr, brrr. I love to speak. If you're somebody who loves to speak a lot, you're somebody who will enjoy singing a lot. Be careful what you say. Learn to speak on purpose. When you are even sharing, when you are talking, you are speaking on purpose. You are speaking on purpose. Speaking on purpose, not just talking anyhow. Not just speaking anyhow. Learn to speak on purpose so that you can be affecting the will of God and in the matter. After that, the Bible said there was great calm. He turned to the disciples. He said, why were you afraid? Or can I put it in pastor's translation? Why did you forget the word? Why have you forgotten the word? Was the word not given to us? That we are crossing over to the other side? How about the word that God gave us this year? 
is a year of open doors and limitless possibilities. And the moment, maybe one lockdown or two lockdowns and three lockdowns, and then eyes of many have been taken away from the world. Oh, it's not lockdown. Yes, we are going through lockdown. The disciples went through storms, but that did not change the world. Storms are inferior to the world, not superior to it. So when storms hit the world, storms will bow to the world, especially if you hold on to the world. He rolled and spoke, peace be still, and there was great calm. Use your words on purpose. Hello, use your words on purpose. Somebody needs to hear that. I will repeat it again. Use your words on purpose. Be careful what you're just you are speaking. And especially if you're somebody who loves to speak. Oh, I enjoy speaking. <laughs> Be very, very careful so that you do not, you're not using your words to destroy your world. Use your words on purpose. Finally, for your words to be effective in the kingdom, your spirit and your soul must be in agreement. That means that what you are saying must be what is in your heart. How many people say things they don't mean? They just say, they say this wisdom. It's not wisdom. That's not the wisdom of God. It's better to keep quiet than to say things you don't want mean. You don't mean your words, your spirit, and your soul must what? Must agree. Meaning that if you say some things, it must be what you you actually meant what you said, and you are saying what you what? So you are not just saying things to okay, let me say this, and then uh, pastor will be happy, and then and you never meant it. No, you are just deceiving your own self. Because when it now comes to you agreeing or getting some things done, because you are being used to speaking and not meaning it, it's difficult for you to believe. And if you don't believe, you cannot receive. The spirit and the soul must agree. So what is in your heart must be in agreement with what is in your mouth. I know that many in the world don't operate this way, but remember we just read, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world. Many say things they don't mean, and they mean, they will say some things, they just said it so that, you know, and then, no, but we must not be like that. We must not be like that. You must have integrity in your world. Why is this important? So that it will be easier for you to believe that God's word is full of integrity. When you don't practice integrity in your own word, it's to be difficult. To be difficult to believe God's word. And because everybody does that, you too, you join them. Oh, then you will experience what every other person is experiencing. Mark eleven twenty two. what does it say? So Jesus answered them and said to them, have faith in God, Mark eleven twenty two. For I'm assuring you, I say to you that whosoever will speak to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast, and does not doubt in his in his what in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He does not doubt in his soul. 
The word heart is used interchangeably for spirit and soul in scriptures. When there's no doubt in your soul, we, when what you are speaking is based on what God is giving to you, and your heart or your soul is in agreement with your spirit, there's no force on earth that can stop it from being, what? From coming to pass. But believe that those things which he says will be done. Let there be in the city of refuge. People who say what they mean, and what? I mean what they say. So that when we're saying something, you just say, okay, you know, I, just, I just said that to him. Too. No, don't do that because of the consequences of that. Because you find it difficult, if not impossible, to believe God's word if you make a practice of that. Because that's the, that's the way of the world. You just say something and then you, you know that, yes, let me say that. You don't mean it. You don't plan to do it. it no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. If you want to release the authority of the kingdom and the power of the kingdom and enjoy the blessings of the kingdom, let your spirit and your soul always be in agreement. So that what you say is what you mean and what you mean are the things that you say. And on this point, I will stop. I will stop. I pray that from today, there will be such a dramatic change in your language. That you are, your thoughts are thoughts of the kingdom. That you think in scriptures. And what you are saying about your matter. And what he has put in your heart about it. And if you've been saying wrong things, especially when nobody's there, start to say the right thing so that you can transform your world and transform your circumstances and transform your situation. Kingdom citizens are meant to be change agents. Wherever they are, wherever they are placed, wherever they are walking, wherever it is, that's why God has given us the strategy of the seven mountains. Seven mountains is not just to gather people, it's to transform people and send them into the harvest field. So that they start to transform the, the, the fields enough of church here, church there, church there, church there, and no impact anywhere. Enough of that. It's time for us to start to make an impact wherever you are, are situated, where you have been planted, so that you come into the church. That is why the new facility God has given us is going to be a training center. People are equipped, people are trained, and they are released into their harvest field during the week. And they return with testimonies of war, miracles, of so many things happening because they've gone to represent him. Because there is ambassadors. So Power is flowing through them. The thoughts of God are manifesting through them. And circumstances have been changed and situations have been transformed. And you will see what will happen to our city. You see what will happen to your own life. See what will happen in your own family. Because you have now become kingdom citizens. Thinking not based on what the world is saying. But based on the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Rise upon your feet as I conclude this message. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you. The word you have given to me, I've declared it to your people. Lord, I pray. I'm asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want you to do this. If you've been saying wrong things, if you've been speaking the way the world speaks, if your language has been dominated by the language and the customs and the culture of the world, it is time to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. For what I've said, forgive me for the way I've been speaking. I've 
heard the word from your servant. I've heard the word and I want a change because I want to experience your power. I want to walk in your authority. I want to experience, oh Lord my God, the authority of the kingdom. Forgive me, Lord. Come and change my thong. You pray that prayer for yourself, wherever you are. Whether you are here, whether you are in Australia, whether wherever you are, what I've been saying about that situation, what I've been saying about that particular circumstance, what I've been saying about that thing, in the name of Jesus Christ, now say, Lord, forgive me. I will no longer just be talking anyhow. I will no longer just be opening my mouth and be saying anything. But Father, I will say what you are saying so that I can experience what you want me to experience. My life is different from the world. My ways must be different from the customs of this world. I am your own. I am your child. I am not of the world, even though I'm in the world. And I want to start to experience your power, your glory in my life. In the name of Jesus Christ, open your mouth and pray for yourself. It is time. It is time for the time to favor you. The set time has come. So that your words will not be what is hindering you from experiencing his glory in your life. Your word will not be what is hindering you and stopping you from experiencing his power in your life. For thine is thy kingdom. Thy what? Thy power and thy glory. That when you make you align, you plug in into his kingdom, then you will experience his power and your glory in his life. The time for change has come. Now is the time. Father, I want to thank you. We come to you right now. Forgive us, Lord, for the way we've seen things. Forgive us, Lord, for the words we've spoken. Forgive us, Lord, when we've said things that we, we never meant. Forgive us, oh Lord, my God. Everyone that has genuinely come, oh Lord, my God, you are, they are the ones you have sent me to this morning. And Father, in the name of Jesus, as those changes are made, as adjustments are made, Father, I pray for the release of your kingdom power and of your glory in their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, that your purpose will be made manifest. Your, your life become an advertisement for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, that in this crooked world, in this negative world, in this world that is going into, just going, uh, uh, going into Tartars, Lord, there will arise a people, a new brand of people that is exhibiting kingdom characteristics and bring down heaven upon this earth. In Jesus' name, we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the adoration. It is done. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. God bless you. I can't wait to start to see what God will start to do in your lives in the days to come. I can't wait. I'm excited about the future that God has for us together. I'm excited about the future that you have in him. I can't wait to hear your own testimony. And I'm looking forward to sharing testimonies because of these changes that all of us, that you start to make in your own lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you real good. And I love you. You can change my mind.